0: Um, and that's what we've been working towards, you know, my wife kept on, um, you know, I was going to bed and like waking myself up with alarms to go and like fold dough and, you know, go downstairs and shape. And she'd just be sort of like, you know, pushing and just saying, look, it's fine. This is not going to be forever. You're going to, you know, just carry, just carry on. And, and, and eventually we will, you know, you get enough to, 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 to be able, for this to be able to be it. Um, so that was about a year that, that, we, that we juggled. Um, and then, yeah, this last contract came along and, uh, yeah. And then we, we, we I, I quit from my job. So that was it. It was a simple decision to make then.
1: This is the sourdough podcast, the show about the innovators, leaders, and creative trailblazers in the sourdough community and the stories behind the bread. I'm Mike Kilburn, and on this episode of the Sourdough Podcast, Adam Pager shares his hard and fast journey into sourdough. Starting in 2013 with a baking class, he eventually made the leap to a Rofco oven and started a micro bakery in his London home. Adam shares how his family and growing baking community inspired him to work toward his dream of becoming a baker and the experiences that encouraged him to open his own bakery, Grain and Hearth, in April of 2019. Quick word before we start the podcast, I wanted to welcome everyone back from, let's call it my extended winter break. I hope everyone enjoyed the holidays and baked some really amazing sourdough bread out there and shared it with your family and friends. I know I left you hanging there for a while without any new episodes, but in my defense, both of my planned guests, Adam and his wife Carmen and Noelle of El Bread Shop, had babies just prior to our interviews. But of course, I'm super happy for them both, and now I get to share their updates with you all. Um, I also wanted to give you a heads up of who else to expect to hear from on the podcast in the coming weeks and months, um, in no particular order. I can't wait to interview Noelle Deeb of El Bread Shop, Jonathan and Amanda of Proof Bakery, Arturo and Anna of Gusto Bread, Carc de Smet, aka Sourdough Librarian, and Josh of Josh Fox Bread. Uh, so stay tuned for those episodes but in the meantime if you want to help the podcast grow be sure to subscribe rate and review us on iTunes additionally another easy thing you can do is to take a screenshot right now Uh, no really right now Uh, go ahead and share it on Instagram and be sure to tag me I love resharing your posts and of course it's super helpful in sharing the podcast with others Stay tuned after the podcast, as always, for new music from Weston Perry. You can find his music at westonperrymusic.com, on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to music. And now, here's my interview with Adam Pager. My guest today is Adam Pager, head baker and owner of Grain and Hearth Bakery in Whitstable, England. As long as I've been baking, Adam has been an active member of the Instagram sourdough community, generously sharing his knowledge and inspiring others to bake better bread. Adam formerly operated Season Microbakery in Greenwich, London, before setting up shop in a converted garage in Whitstable, where he now lives with his wife and bakery co-owner, Carmen, and his children, Finn, Orla, and brand new baby Alec, uh, Adam. It's a pleasure to finally meet you, and uh, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, huge congratulations uh, on the new baby. When did uh, when did Alec uh, show up? Uh,
0: he's five weeks uh, five weeks ago. So twenty sixth of November. Yeah. Wow. This has been yeah. a pretty. Uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> full full holiday season, I guess. Then for you,
0: it has it has been a full holiday season. Yeah, I think um, we had a very quiet quiet time, and uh, and I've and I've more and more started thinking that it's got less to do with people, um, you know, not not necessarily being too busy, but they just don't want to come to a house with three. <laughs> three children the chaos and equally they don't want to invite anyone <laughs> yeah. so, three children.
1: so you got you guys stuck around um so yeah or... we
0: just we, we we just stayed local in there and, nice. and yeah kept, kept kept it nice and quiet um closed the bakery for a couple of weeks after okay. the um after christmas eve um just to have a little bit of a uh, little bit of downtime
1: yeah well, that's um, great enjoy the enjoy the new baby yeah well, and then and th- another congratulations, I guess, would be you know your new bakery, which is you know, I mean, wh- how long have you been in in business now? Like less than a year, uh,
0: right? Yeah, we um, our first day of trading was actually the last day of April. Um, yeah, we we were doing we were doing test bakes and um, you know test days um, every Saturday for about a month um, before we opened, um, just to run the ovens in and you know get 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 all of the equipment um kind of running a little bit um so yeah it's been it's been yeah just a, yeah well, well well under a year i think seven seven months
1: i think i'm like probably many other people who uh really enjoyed watching that whole journey of kind of like take take place on instagram and kind of seeing like kind of that step by step yeah the
0: renovation i think um yeah it was quite I think it's, it's true what they, what they say that, you know, if you knew how much, how much work it was going to be before you, uh, before you started, you probably, yeah. <laughs> um, cause it was, a, it was, a, it was a lot. I mean, the building that we bought was, uh, literally just four walls and the door, um, the roof was caving in. We had to replace the roof and, um, a little
1: more than you expected, you know, re-
0: Yeah. A lot, a lot more than we expected. Um but it worked out everything worked um timing wise everything worked out really well. Um and we were able to open about about two or three weeks um later than than we expected. So and um, we just missed Easter and the kind of crazy yeah. Easter rush, um which I've kind of felt as though we were judging <laughs> a bullet.
1: <because laughs> yeah, but it, otherwise it, it think, seemed like yeah, yeah it seemed like quite the adventure, just uh setting up shop and anyway I enjoyed watching that I know a lot of other people enjoyed watching that but um, yeah I mean let's I obviously want to talk about your bakery um, but before we do that maybe you could kind of tell us
0: uh, a little bit about your journey into baking and um, it was quite a hot and fast actually I, um, I wasn't very very happy with what I was doing um, I was uh, working in a um, music library for um, quite a few years um, after taking a break from um, from hospitality like a record um, store uh, no 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 a, li- li- a library so okay. a library oh, archive. music library okay. um yeah um so i was so so it was you know it was nice um for a while but i think i kind of slipped into it because it was the polar opposite of anything else i had been doing until yeah. that point <laughs> um and i just needed a break at that, at that time but it's something that dragged on for 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 a long time as well um so, during that time, um, I, had, I had quite a lot of downtime to, um, to read books and, you know, set things, start setting things up. We had what year was this, Adam? Um, who's now six, uh,
1: 2013,
0: 2012, okay. 2013.
1: And then, so, I mean, had you baked anything before this? Uh, you were just
0: totally different yeah. industry? Very, very, un, very horribly and unsuccessfully, yeah.
1: That, that, that was one of our listener questions uh, from static line sourdough. He wanted to know if like baking was always your plan, but it sounded like this just kind of just no. showed up. How, how did you, how did you first get introduced to, to, to bread, to baking?
0: Um, well, I tried, tr- I tried to bake a few loaves just of, you know, simple yeasted breads and that, well, it all went terribly. <laughs> um, and uh, it was at a time when kind of sourdough had started kind of, Getting back into the mainstream in England, a friend of mine was working um, in a hotel restaurant where they were making their own bread, um, and he he basically just um, decided that that's what he wanted to do, and he kept on getting pulled off the line um, to to um, you know pulled out of, the, out of out of making bread to, to to jump on the line to you know kit cook, and he just decided that he didn't want to do that. You know they wanted to. They wanted to, um, you know, have fresh bread, but they also didn't want to give him the time. Um, so he he just uh, applied for a job with no experience, with no experience apart from the hotel um, in a bakery. And from that point, you know, I, I kind of became more aware that, that the bread was kind of coming back into, you know, nice bread was coming back into fashion, I suppose, or um, kind of getting back into the mainstream. Um and uh, at the same time he sort of became my sounding board um because I was trying to bake and everything was going wrong I didn't know what I was doing um and my wife sent me on a on a baking course to e5 bakehouse i don't know no if you've heard of it in um in, ha- in in london in hackney it's like it's basically the now kind of known as the mecca of modern sourdough in 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 london and i suppose england they sort of uh, were the first to, to start oh. milling their own grain on site and, um, you know, using stone ground UK heritage flowers and things like that. So um, I didn't know that at the time. It was just, I think my wife chose it because it was the cheapest. <laughs>
1: I mean, so you, right out of the gate, you kind of started taking classes. Like,
0: Well, I just took one class. I just took one class and it left me with a lot more unanswered questions than than answered ones. Um, I followed the 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 recipe that they gave and you know had successful results with it. Um but not as successful as I as I wanted them to be. And you know, at that point I'd started following um this friend of mine, Ben, who was working in a was working in a bakery and he was, you know, producing really beautiful bread. I went to visit him at the bakery, it had a completely different texture to what I was making um, you know, everything, everything about it was, uh, was, was different and also what, what I wanted. So he just said, look, I'll well, come, come and join me for a, for huh. a few shifts and see how it, yeah. see how it is. Um, he was always available to answer questions about it. Um, in, in your
1: mind, in your mind, is it like, are you still in like, this is just like a fun thing to do. This is a hobby. Or, or is your mind's like thinking about other possibilities at this point?
0: Um, yeah, oh no, that, yeah, there was definitely, at that time I, I had a little catering business, um, and I was doing private chef. Okay. So you, work. so you
1: were in the food industry, like you, you were doing the, the
0: record yeah, yeah, yeah. business and, uh, the music. Yeah. Okay. So that was, so that was kind of running all whole kind of currently, um, because I was just trying to make a little bit of extra money with the new, with the new baby, um, and, uh, you know, trying to to kind of go in a direction my wife was just like look you want to do this you know there's no point kind of going to going to your going to your job that you don't like and um, being miserable all the time so just try and you know uh-huh. do something else um so all of the little jobs that I was doing and um like little catering contracts and things like that I was just kind of putting towards um funding for equipment um and uh, I was making a lot of jams and preserves and chutneys and things like that um, selling them at markets and making bread, um, making bread to t- for for people to test to taste the uh, to taste the preserves with, um, and people were coming over to the stalls that I was that I was on saying, "Oh, this is really good. You should yeah. do more of this and less <laughs> of that." Um, and at that point, the penny dropped, and I was like, "Well, got got to start got to start doing something about this," um, because I was baking in a you know small mm-hmm. domestic oven. Um, American ones are huge, can be huge, but the, in, an English domestic oven only has what space for one, you know, cast iron pot. So it was literally one <laughs> loaf of bread at a time. So even if I wanted to bake, you know, four loaves, it would take you know four hours. Everyone, everyone that's kind of jumped from home to to micro knows, knows the feeling. So uh, so I did a little bit of research. Um, there was a small community of um, of Rothko bakers at the time. Um, and it was Twitter that oh, okay. I first found all of these kind of, uh, Rothko, Rothko people, um, in the UK and a couple in America, maybe one in Holland as well. There's like a, quite a good, quite a good blog. Um, one of the first things that you Google when you Google sort of like artisan bakery, um, and Rothko's is a is a little like Dutch, um, a dutch couple that, that that have been kind of running a blog for for a long time i can't remember what they're called but there were these there were there were a couple of guys that had already bought rough goes um a um friend of mine andy um who has a bakery called bread by bike um and somebody some other guy, another guy called nick um who had a bakery called Breaking bread um but with like a yeah i, I think over. i remember that. One. Um, yeah. Um, so we basically just met up a couple of times. I bought the Rothko. Um, and then I just said, guys, like let's just get together and have like a little bake days um, where we can sort of share tips and tricks and, and things like that.
1: And this is all still like <coughs> the 2013. This is all like within the same year. Yeah. yeah I mean yeah, so it yeah, sounds yeah. like you like from the yeah. beginning, you're like make you're like making choices here. You're like, all right, I'm gonna buy the Rothco,
0: I'm I'm gonna Yeah, yeah, I think from I think from when yeah from when i from when my uh, i visited my friend's ba- um you know the, the bakery that my friend was working at and got a, got a better idea of how to do things on scale um got a lot more information about you know um the processes um and filling in all of the gaps that were missing from the bread course that I took um coupled with uh you know all of these people giving me quite mm. good feedback yeah um the, on the bread that I was kind of giving them to taste, um, you know, all of the jarred things that I was making, which I didn't think was that good. Um, I just thought, you know, if I carry on doing this and keep on improving and, you know, it's only going to get better. And, um, there was just nothing in the area. There was no, there were no, bit be- no, no nice bakeries where I was, um, no, no nice bread. Um, and there was a kind of clear gap yeah. in the market. um, for it so well, that
1: was one of the questions i had from let me see uh annalise joyce She said you know what was it about sourdough like what was what kind of pulled you towards sourdough in the first place was it like something to do with the health um, the benefits or i mean or what why why sourdough
0: at the time it was just a lot of the food that i was making was kind of focused around you know like health and seasonality and mm. season um so before season bakery that was the name of my Kind of catering okay. business, um, and it was just because we were focused on seasons and um, you know good quality um, produce, um, and sourdough just seemed to kind of fit the like fit the bill with that. Um, and the courses that I went on, and all the other kind of um, uh, research that I did, and going to bake, going to my friend's bakery and working with him, um, showed me that it didn't have to be you know like a, a horrible dense um, like. Not very not very nice food to eat when you know you go to a supermarket and you buy something that's marketed as sourdough and it doesn't taste very good it's you know no care's mm-hmm. gone into it and um yeah i think it just, it just yeah just uh it was just the right thing to do and um i've i've come from a uh polish uh polish heritage my parents are both um from poland um and you know in europe um generally and widely um sourdough breads are still like mm-hmm. commonplace so i'd grown up on um on eating on eating you know kind of like rye breads and um like rye based like panda vans and things like that that my mum had bought from my mum was buying from like local like polish delis and things um so i wasn't i wasn't a complete stranger to it anyway but it was with, but connecting the dots and you know bringing it back to my childhood um you know you go you go through like a long long stage of not really caring about food when you're a teenager and you know a child and i think i probably didn't enjoy sourdough as much when i was a child um or when i once i started being able to make my own choices as a child you know you just Mm -hmm. kind of eat what you're given and then all of a sudden you, you decide oh actually i can i can say no to this if i want to um so uh, yeah um yeah so i think i think i think the i think there, there were kind of like multiple draws um to, to, towards it um but I also think that the sort of prestige of of um of making a, of making bread that you know takes a lot longer um and gives to my to my mind nicer results um just seemed like a nicer yeah. nicer way to go um and I just saw, I just saw, you know, yeasted yeasted breads as a, as kind of easy and not a challenge, which they are, <laughs> um, it's, uh, But we'll get. I'll will will tell you, you more go. about that okay. later. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think sourdough is just um, yeah, for me it was just the way to the way to go. I don't I didn't see yeah. another option really.
1: And so you started season. What year did you start season bakery?
0: Um. So it basically, it, I just didn't want to change. I'd, I'd already kind of um, built a br- little bit of a brand with it, um, and uh, because I wasn't, because I was still in the same area, um, I just basically tacked bakery okay. to, the end, to the end of the. the oh, strategy. so season was um, like the
1: catering um, business, and then you just said, "See, see okay, got it, got, yeah, got it, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah." So let's uh-huh. just call it Season Bakery, and then everybody will know what it's all about. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. And uh, yeah, so we so so we uh so I so I went from went from making all of these jams and then all of a sudden, you know, um started up a little subscription service um for um for people who were coming to the house to collect bread. Um I was delivering it to um various cafes and and uh, restaurants and health food shops.
1: Let, let me ask you a question now, because I feel like I feel like that's kind of like our theme or at least my theme of the season would be kind of focusing on the cottage Baker. Um, and, and here in the U S mm-hmm. you know, we have, um, what's called the cottage, a cottage food operation license. Um, yeah. in, in different States they have different names and different statuses. Yeah. yeah no, I, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm aware of it. I think, it's a, it's a lot easier in the in england i think in recent in recent years it's um that the the government and uh, local local councils have um have been kind of asked to push for for, for people to um to become self employed because there's you know huge um huge amounts of unemployment here um and uh, and I think they you know they just wanted to encourage people to start businesses from home, so I don't think it's that they make things easier um, in terms of you know the kind of hoops that you've got to jump through to become a uh, a registered business. Um, but they are very very helpful, um, and I think um, it doesn't seem as though the um, the, the laws are as strict um, in the UK mm. as they are in America.
1: Was that a fairly easy? was that like an easy process for you or what was that process like, like make checking all the legal boxes and
0: yeah. So you, so, so there, so there, there's a website, um, the, the kind of, um, the government database has a section on starting your own, starting your own food business. Um, and it basically just gives you a checkbox, um, Mm. list of things that you have to do. Um, and, uh, it's, I mean, I, I suppose it, it probably, probably quite similar to, um, to, to what it is in the US but you don't end up with a license as such you just um, end up with your name on a list um, so, that, so, that so that the area that you operate in are aware that you operate in that area mm. and they can come and inspect you whenever okay. they want basically um, so you register with the environmental health office um who deal with you know kind of uh food hygiene and um complaints about um about food um and they come and inspect you um with a with a, with a list of criteria um tell you what you need to do to to make your you know to make your home uh food safe mm-hmm. um, okay. and uh, and then they give you a score out of 5 um, based on your kind of hygiene levels and um and that's it really okay um, and then apart, and then apart from that you just need to um, have a um, have insurance so you just take out take out um, public liability insurance to cover you against um, you know anyone that wants to kind of sue you if they're interesting yeah
1: is that been is uh, that been something that's been around for a long time in in Britain yeah yeah so
0: okay. so, so in, yeah so 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 the way so the way business is a, um, kind of regulated um, from a hygiene perspective um, is all done through the environmental health office. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: cause that's something in California at least that's only been around <laughs> for since like 2013, like the cottage food yeah, this, operation it, license, yeah, like it's, it's, it's brand new basically. Yeah. So,
0: but it could be that they, that, that they, they saw a spike in, um, in people trying to run businesses from home, similar to the, how it's been, how it was here mm-hmm. um, and thought, well, we need to regulate this somehow. Because um, the only the only difference is that if you have a brick and mortar um, business that's at a completely different address, um, which has you know opening hours that are kind of publicised on online, um, then they can potentially just visit you, you know, at any point and kind of just drop in on you and do a spot mm. check. Um, whereas when you're running a business from home, they have to make an appointment because they know that you know you're running a business from home. Um, so it's slightly different um, and I think it is quite quite loose um, but if it gives people the opportunity to um yeah. you know, to start businesses, then it can only be a good thing eh?
1: yeah and, and looking back at kind of your Instagram feed and like looking back at your your season bakery days mm. like you you really packed it in like I mean you you did a lot. To, of uh, baking in a small space. Like you, you yeah, yeah. It seemed like you had, a, your output yeah. was you're doing like wholesale baking and just like, yeah, yeah.
0: We, did, we did a lot. Um, and yeah. I had people visiting me specifically to see how I was running a bakery from a small space. Um, there was one, one, one guy from Japan. Um, he'd been um, working uh, or starting uh, abroad in a in a, in a Norway. Um, and, uh, He sent me a message saying, "Oh, I'm I'm about to open a bakery in in, in Japan, and it's going to be in a really tiny space. Um, Can I come and you know see how you do it?" Um, So it is possible. I've seen people operate from smaller spaces. Um, I think my my family were quite um, tolerant to to what I I was doing. Uh I know that 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 Bonnie um, Bonnie Ahara. You know, runs everything from her act from her actual house as well, and you know you can see her kids running around in the back yeah. and stuff like that. It's um,
1: about 20, 20 minutes from my house, actually.
0: <clears throat> yeah, it was quite similar. It was quite similar for me. Um, a lot of the a lot of the kind of um, equipment was in the was in a garage, um, so it was a it, it was quite disjointed. I was producing all of the dough in the house because it was the warmest place.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, one of my Rothko's was in the house um, in the same room. Uh, which helped kind of warm the room <laughs> um, and then the um the fridge all of the fridges and the other two ovens um an extra extra um, counter space um I had in the garage um so a lot of it happened in there mm-hmm. um, A that happened in the um, in the house, but I was kind of running between the two um you know daily
1: <laughs> yeah so so you're 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 running this uh, Huge opera. I mean, what was your kind of like output at this point? At, oh,
0: loads. Um, I was baking like a few hundred loaves of just, uh, bread. This just seems same. insane
1: to me that you're able to do this out of a, a little flat like downtown, mm-hmm. like London, and like be able to, you know, maintain. You have kids and your wife and you live in the same space. It just seems like
0: that's it's just
1: a lot of pressure. Um, be, I mean, it was have like had, wholesale accounts and.
0: It was quite a big, ha- I mean, the house wasn't small. Um, you know, it was a, it was a house with an adjoining garage. So it wasn't like, you know, I was kind of running up and down stairs and, you know, it was, it, it was doable, but it was very, it was just very tight. Um, yeah. And, you know, we'd, we basically kind of, um, everything was reduced for the family was reduced down to, to, to just a few rooms mm-hmm. um, because it, when, when I first started and I wasn't doing as much volume. Um, I had time to kind of set everything up in the dining room and then clear it down at the end of the day so that you, you mm. know, you could still use the dining room as a dining room. Uh-huh. Um, but towards the end, it just got to a point where <laughs> the dining room was just like a no go zone and, you know, um, you just, it, it was just, the room just ceased to belong as a as part of the house and that just became part of the business. Um, but uh, yeah, we made we made a couple of um, like changes um, to make it so that I didn't have to walk through the rest of the house. Um, so the so the, so the dining room had a set of double doors that led out into our back garden, um, which I basically had open, and the little pathway that led to the garage. So I so I didn't ever go through um, go through the house. Um, it was just kind of kept between the two the two areas without having to no. access the rest of the house um but yeah it was it was it was a lot and uh you know in the last year and a half or so um i started um doing viennoiserie as well um and you know the need for that in the area um was was huge as well all of the all of the restaurants and um cafes and you know brunch spots that i was supplying wow. they just jumped on it straight away and that soon became that's amazing, you know, just as, just, just as busy. Um,
1: yeah. And so, so, so besides this one class that you took, I mean, seemingly at the very beginning, are you all purely self-taught? Were you taking classes? Pretty much.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't take any, I didn't take any classes after that. All It was just bakery experience after that. So while I was working, you know, doing, doing my, because at, at first I was only baking two or three days a week. Um, and you know, still work, still working um, a normal job. So I was, you know, I had a, I had Monday off, um, and then on, um, and then on a Tuesday, um, I would mix, I would mix dough, um, shape it, proof it, um, go to sleep, and in the morning I'd get up super early to bake it all, um, wow. leave it in the leave it in my front porch for my deli- for the, for my delivery guy to collect it, um, and then I'd go to work. <laughs> Um and then I'd come back and do that all again. Wow. Um so it was it was it was it was really, really tough, really tough. You know, yeah. going to work for, you know, nine hours a day and then coming home to mix again and going to bed at going to bed at twelve to um to, to bake again at four and then going to work again. Wow. Um was it was a lot.
1: Well so as you're working this process out in your mind and your you're you're juggling jobs are you thinking at any point like what's your your mental process as far as like what you're thinking about for the future like did you ever think about like a different path of just being like a, a baker at a another bakery
0: or or why No you... no I, I I didn't I think I I'd, I'd worked I'd worked for salaries um for long enough to know that I didn't ever want to kind of answer to anybody ever mm-hmm. again um so the so so the so the, the main aim was to, mm-hmm. you know, open a viable business, but the other aim was to work for myself. Yeah. Um so there wasn't it was never going to be an option to kind of get a job at another at another bakery. At that time, because we were, you know, starting a family, the priority was being able to support each other, mm-hmm. um, you know, make some money, um, but also be there for our children because um it's you know, it's it's different. It's different in the UK than than it is in America in terms of you know the amount of time that you get off um, when you have a baby. You know, like women are expected in America to go back to work after a few weeks, and mm-hmm. you know, um, men don't get don't even get a look in. It's just like, oh, you want some time off? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in England, it's not that much. It's not that much different. I think you get two or four weeks or something
1: really
0: okay. um, of paternity leave. Um, and, uh, you know, we went through all of that when I was, uh, when, when Finn was born, um, because I was still working a salary job, but, um, all of that, you know, together, um, made me, um, made me push for, um, wanting to wanting to be uh, self-employed.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so, how long did you, how long were you in, in, uh, in Greenwich working season? So, bakery?
0: so I was, so basically I, I juggled the, I, I juggled the bakery and the, um, and the, and the, and the normal job, the kind of day job for about a year. Um, and I was just waiting for, a for, for a moment, um, my wife and I were just kind of, you know, seeing how much money we were making, mm. um, and waiting for that for that for that point, that tipping point, where I knew that if I took on another contract, financially we'd be able to we'd be able to get by. Um, so so when that point came, and you know, a new a new uh, restaurant approached us and said, "Oh, you know, we want this, this, and this," and it was quite a lot. <laughs> I kind of did the numbers and um, and i just thought well this is it i can i can leave i can leave work now because this is enough to um you know to to yeah. to um to balance things out and to kind of substitute the, the salary that i was getting from uh from my job so that was it it was a simple decision to make yeah. then um, and that's what we've been working towards you know my wife kept on um you know i was going to bed and like waking himself up with alarms to go and like fold dough and, you know, go downstairs and shape. And she'd just be sort of like, you know, pushing and just saying, look, it's fine. This is not going to be forever. You're going to, you know, just carry, just carry on. And, what, and, and, and eventually we will, you know, you get enough to, 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 to be able, for this to be able to be it. Um, so that was about a year that, that, we, that we juggled. Um, and then, yeah, this last contract came along. Uh, from from a from from a customer who's now become a really good friend, um, and uh, yeah, and then we we, we I, I quit, um, and I was quite candid with him as well. I just said, look, you're the reason why I've been able to do this, like you know, go full time now, um, and I think he was quite touched that you know he, he was the person that hmm. um, you know kind of tipped the balance, yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, so yeah, so then then I was running the bakery from the from the home. F- Full time um, as my only source of income for probably two, two and a half, three years. How many How many um, hours
1: are you working during this period? Two, two and a half, three years.
0: Well, originally, initially, when you one one thing that one thing that um, that people that have never run their own businesses tend to do is become yes men, um, and mm. it's it's a it's a um, you know. It's a suicide note basically. <laughs> I think you have to from the beginning learn to to, to just please, you know, yourself. Um, and obviously it's important to please the, the customers, but you've got to think about your own health. And I went in that in, in, in the opposite direction because I was completely wet um, behind the ears and didn't really know what to do apart from, you know, just agreeing to everything.
1: Well, it's, I um, mean, you got this, you're taking this huge leap, you know, you're like, "That's, I'm been yeah, exactly. my job, like you, but... I'm living secure, yeah, yeah. I've got a kid to support. It's, it's,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure. Understandable. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, it was, it was one of those, it was one of those stupid things that, 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 ended up with me, you know, on some days getting up out of bed to, to fill, to fill kind of a wholesale order that wasn't even worth, you know, getting out of bed for, hmm. um, and, you know, with fluctuate, like order fluctuations and, and, and things like that, um, you just have to remind yourself that you're not a big, you know, multinational bakery with like thousands of employees. You're one person. And, you know, if you do kind of take everything on, then you might be super busy certain days, but then you might be really, it might be really quiet on certain days but you still have to fulfill those orders when really you could be spending time with the family or catching up on a little bit of rest or paperwork you know doing you know all of the all of the extra things that come with uh, with, with running with running a business
2: yeah
0: um so i did do that for quite a long time and you know i had like a huge product list of, of of things that i would do um and the first change that i made was um you know contacting all of my customers and reducing the the product list Um, and reducing the, reducing the, uh, um, the, the, the offer by one day. Um, so originally I was baking, um, Wednesday to Saturday. Um, when I first started, um, when I was still working with my, um, you know, at my, at my normal job. Um, then when I, then when I, um, when I quit my job and went full time, I then added a added the Sunday um onto um my bake days because it was because Saturday and Sunday were the busiest, you know, busiest yeah. days. Um and I kept on getting prodded by, by customers saying, Oh, you know, it'd be great if you could do Sunday, Sunday. No other bakeries open on a Sunday, so you know you'd clean you know, you'd you'd make really good money. Um so I did and then I reduced the, the weekday the weekdays by one day. Um, and, uh, most of the places that I was supplying, you know, all of cafes, they were just toasting, toasting the bread anyway. Um, one of the, one of the places that I was supplying, the guy said, Oh, I actually leave the bread for a day before I slice it. So I'll get more slices out of it. Um, <laughs> so I just thought, well, you know, he's not going to mind <laughs> yeah, yeah. if, um, if, uh, if, if I, if I only deliver kind of every other day. Mm. Um, so I actually started with producing way more, um, and then stripped it back. Um, and i didn't actually i didn't actually bake any less when I stripped back my days. I just did more on the days that i did that I did bake
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and, uh, the only thing that I would bake fresh every day was uh, was that were the pastries um but because they all get made in advance um, I was able to just pull them out of the fridge and you know bake them off on, on days that I wasn't working, and it was quite quite a simple, um, quite a simple solution to have fresh pastries. But you know, the labour intensity of the bread wasn't um, wasn't like a necessarily a daily thing anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: At, so, and at what point are are the seeds for like grain and hearth being planted? I mean, obviously they're probably well underway. Or like, eventually, I'd like to get out. And
0: yeah. Did um, you always I want mean, to it,
1: move? Out of the city,
0: or no, no. no. Orig- originally, we were we were looking at we were looking at um we were looking at spots in London, close, you know, quite close to where we were where, where we were living. Um, but uh, I think it was one it was one of those it was one of those situations. We kept on going to Whitstable. Um, it's a it's a it's a forty five minute kind of hour drive from London, from where we okay. were living. Not very far. Um. And uh, because it's by the sea, it feels like you're, you know, a lot further away for some mm-hmm. reason, um, and it just feels more kind of vacation-like. Um, so we kind of went there rather than kind of going going on a going on a um, a little trip to somewhere that's inland that doesn't necessarily feel like you're kind of away mm-hmm. as much. Um, I don't know. Just 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 something about the sea that just you know kind of relaxes you. Yeah. Um, so we so we were going on we were going on like little three four day breaks to um, to, to Whitstable um, every now and then, and we just really loved it. And there was no there was nothing there. And it was one of those things that um, you know my wife and I kept on coming back um, after a couple of days saying, "Oh, there's not there's not really anything um, there." Like the food <laughs> the, the food scene, but you know the restaurants and stuff were great, but there, were, there was no bread. Um, and I was like oh maybe one day we could we could do it and you know everyone does that they go on holiday you know you go go away and you're like I could live here Um, (laughs) you never do um but yeah we it was it was an idea it was an idea and then a couple of friends of ours moved there um, completely you know separately to us and um and Carmen said oh you know maybe maybe we could maybe we could do this and and they were saying the same things. they were like, "Oh, you know everything's great, but there's nothing <laughs> not really not really that much, not really yeah. that much in the way of of a n- nice bread or anything um, so yeah we just we thought about it for a long time, um, and then an opportunity came uh, for us to for for us to move there and we just we just went for it yeah um, we just went for it, and uh you know. We'd worked. We'd worked closely with all of these places for quite a long time in, in, in London. I think it was quite a shock to everyone that we were that we were like planning to planning to relocate. Um, but uh, I think it was a you know it was something that we we really wanted to do for the family in the end because um, yeah. schooling there is a lot better, um, just a lot more space, mm. um, a lot friendlier, a lot safer. Um, so yeah, it was just something to, to, to work towards. Um, yeah,
1: okay, uh, that's a big uh, it's just kind of a gamble, like leaving all of these contracts and these partnerships, and then just starting
0: fresh somewhere new. It was, it was, and originally, and originally, we sort of left the door. We tried to leave the door open, because so, it's because so, it is quite close. Um, we tried to leave the door open and say, so, you know, once we've once we've renovated and and, and, and opened, with you know, we'll still be able to kind of deliver. To you, um, but during that time, um, I'd also not necessarily fallen out of love with them, um, with wholesale work. But it is it is quite it is quite a hapless task, and um, you know it's very faceless. Mm. Um, working on your own at home in a bakery, bread gets collected. You know, I, I delivered I delivered on a Sunday because my delivery guy didn't do Sundays. Mm. Um, so I did I did the deliveries on a Sunday. A lot of people that own businesses don't work on a Sunday, so even if their place is open, so you very, so I very rarely saw these people anyway. Mm. Um, it was only when we kind of made special arrangements to you know go out for a go out for a beer or you yeah. know go for a meal together where I, I even got to got to meet a lot of the people that I supplied um, and the only kind of um, customer facing. Uh, experience that I got was when I was doing farmer's markets um, and uh, and as while we were doing them um, my um, my wife was um, you know first pregnant with our second and then um, you know had a new baby in arms so my brother-in-law my, my wife's brother um, helped me um, run the markets and helped me on busier days he came mm. once a week to um, to help me with the with the baking at home um because i just felt it was too awkward to hire help um you know outside help and somebody a strange person to come into your house yeah yeah uh, to, to 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 work with you you know in quite an intimate setting um and uh, and my brother-in-law kane was a um he was looking for a little bit of extra work and it just kind of you know it, it made sense at the time um and that yeah, the customer facing element of um of the work was the most rewarding, I think. Where oh, yeah. You get to meet your get to meet your customers. And a lot of a lot of people that, you know, were buying our bread from shops and, and, and cafes were coming directly to us in the end at the market because they wanted to get that kind of customer um, you know, customer maker maker experience as well.
1: That's a huge part of like kind of our community is just like yeah. connecting with people and, and like kind of sharing yeah, totally. this concept of, of naturally leavened bread and
0: educating yeah. Yeah, people absolutely.
1: and yeah.
0: And, um, and the, and the other thing was that, you know, the, the amount of the feedback that I, that I was receiving from, um you know, from my kind of wholesale customers um only went as far as, you know, oh, we need to reduce our order or we need to increase our order because it's Mm -hmm. either not doing so well or it's doing really well and we need more. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was the kind of, that was the level of feedback I was getting from them. Whereas with, um, you know, customers coming to you who are, you know, first-hand users of your product, um, it was much better because they'd give you, you know, honest feedback in terms of how they felt the, the yeah. product was um flavors you know suggestions mm. on other things that 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 I could that I could possibly make for them and um so I so I started kind of experimenting a lot more with uh, with with different you know different varieties of bread and different pastries um And, uh, you know, excitedly kind of emailing or texting my wholesale customers saying, oh, you know, I've started um, taking this to the farmer's market and, you know, everyone really loves it. Do you want to try some? And they're like, no, we just want white sourdough. (laughs) No, we just want plain croissants. So they just weren't interested in that. And, you know, starting these farmer's markets um, had kind of reinvigorated like a passion in kind of doing different things and, you know, trying to change things up just to keep myself um amused as well um mm. uh, because it because you know at one point it did be, things did become very mechanical where i was just getting up every day and just making the same thing all day every day yeah. um but that, but yeah it was just it was just very it was it was quite upsetting when you were trying to kind of like push these you know new things on your wholesale customers yeah. uh and they were like no 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 we'll just stick to what we will stick to what we know yeah. kind of thing um, so that was so. There were two. So two things came out of that. One thing was that I knew that the new business would just be retail, um, and the other thing was that I wanted to kind of open a open the open, a, open a, a proper place so that I could facilitate that and yeah, you know, not have to not have to have that kind of wholesale um, interaction anymore and just concentrate on customers and yeah it's kind of made, made yeah, it your so, own um, yeah you kind of yeah know. so the yeah so the farmers market's really yeah they show, they just showed me kind of a different way um and uh gave me gave me more inspiration to kind of you know push for for for, for opening a opening a, 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 a you know a brick and mortar bakery
1: well so so fast forward you guys you know found this uh garage and in wittable and mm-hmm. you buy it and you transform it and it took a little longer than you thought it was going to take um, you guys aren't it's like you live separately from this is like the the garage Oh is yeah yeah
0: yeah. just it's a bakery great, yeah, right? Yeah. I okay. mean it's not it's not far but it's uh, it's definitely separate. Yeah, we live we live a, like a 5 minute walk away from a from the from the bakery. Um
1: but but now you're like now you're a basically a brick and mortar Uh, in a new community and uh, Mm -hmm. how did they receive you? How did they kind of, uh, how did you kind of make your presence known? And did you kind of
0: build up to um, it at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We moved to, we moved to, um, to Whitstable. We had the sale agreed on the bakery in June, um, 2018. um, And we didn't end up completing on the bakery until December, Mm -hmm. uh, 2018. So, you know, we'd had the sale agreed, we were like, right, that's it, we're moving, close down all of my wholesale contracts. So I was like, Brilliant. You know, we'll have a little bit of time to get ourselves unpacked and kind of get, you know, get around the community and introduce ourselves and, you know, make friends and things like that. Um, and then, you know, surely we'll we'll will have completed by, you know, the end of August, beginning of beginning of September. Um, so we were there. <laughs> And, um, and then, you know, kind of like weeks and months were like ticking along and we were thinking, Oh my God, what have we done? Like, and that's, and towards the end of it, I was thinking, this is, is this even going to happen? You know, at any point, <laughs> the you know, the, the, the person selling the, selling the spot could say, Oh, actually we, you know, we're going to go with somebody else or it was all very stressful towards the end. But, um, while we were, while we were waiting, I had a lot of time, so, uh, I, I'd sold two of my Rothkos um and kind of sentimentally kept one um, and took it with me took it with me in the move. Um, we forgot to buy a fridge um, when we moved <laughs> so uh, so one of my kind of big commercial fridges came with us to the to the house mm-hmm. um, and uh you know. It's fine when it's sat in a garage or in a or in a, or in a um, you know in a bakery premises, but when it's in a house, it literally sounds like an airplane taking off. Um, <laughs> that's you know we we just, we just thought oh you know let's let's just let's just use this fridge for now until until it has to be moved into the bakery and then we'll buy a new one. Um, so I had my had a had a had a commercial fridge had a, had a Rothko, um, had you know this. Um, bakery on the on the brink of kind of happening um so i just started ringing around all of the different mills and you know saying oh can i have some samples of uh of flowers because we the the miller that we were using um would only deliver to the new premises once a week um so we wanted um you know someone someone that would you know another, another business that would be able to deliver um more frequently than that mm-hmm. um and uh, and it just was a good opportunity to you know to have a little to have a little play around with different flowers from different mills. Um, so it was an opportunity for me to kind of get back down to um, basics, um, kind of slow things down a little bit, and just try new try new approaches, yeah, and try new flowers, um, try new you know new timings, and was um,
1: kind of supporting your local grain economy. I don't know if even that's a term in, in Britain or England. Like was that, was that like a priority for you from the get
0: go? Like keep it um, local. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I think um, the area that I'm in doesn't have, doesn't have a, the arable land isn't, isn't, isn't really well suited for growing, um, uh, you know, bread making um, varieties of wheat. Um, but, I see the local, I mean, England is such a small, small island that I think the local grain economy is basically anywhere in England that could, yeah. you know, deliver, deliver grain on a truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so it's, so we, so we are trying to do that. Um, we we use, um, you know, all organic flour, um, stand ground, um kind of heritage varieties of, uh, of wheat, um, emmer, corn, um, spelt, um, you name it. Um, but yeah, I just had this opportunity to, to to kind of get back to just having a you know having a play around, and it was just really nice to have a little bit of downtime after you know running a business from home and just doing volume 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 all the time. To just being able to kind of bake small amounts for the house, um, and uh, soon enough, you know lot people people that we our neighbors you know spoke to their neighbors and they said oh you know there's a guy opening a bakery and he's like making bread every saturday and i was baking like you know six loaves because a a full oven load is six yeah Uh for um for for like nice large large loaves in the rough go um and uh so i had you know a couple for the house and then a few that i'd kind of give away to give away to people um and you know slowly the the, the reputation um or the kind of like the words started getting out that a play, that a bakery was opening. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know quite a few quite a few people, um, kind of like key people within the within the town, you know, started talking about it. Um and within within a, a couple of months, you know, from baking six loaves, I was baking like twenty and my is wife, this is bef- before you even opened. Before you even opened, yeah, yeah for, just from home, and, yeah. and and my wife was like, "This this uh, this seems seems quite seems quite similar. This is quite reminiscent to what we were doing, <laughs> uh, what we just got away from." So
1: yeah, and we got <laughs> um, rid of just, two Rothko's. Yeah. in the process.
0: Um, but it was very very laid back. You know, I wasn't I wasn't working towards any towards any deadlines. It was very very laid back. And I just said, look, I'm baking. I'm baking bread for the house anyway. I might as well just make a little bit more. Um, it's nice to have a little bit of time to experiment with different things. Yeah. Um, and she was like, okay, fine. You know, product development—that's okay. <laughs>
2: um,
0: but you know, it was. It, it, became, it became. You know, it became an annoyance when you know I would baked all these breads on a on a Saturday, um, and I just said, oh, you know, just just come to the house to, to collect whenever you want. Um, so we sort of, you know by default committed ourselves to staying in, <laughs> um, cool. like waiting for people to collect. So then we just said, okay, well everyone has to collect their bread before 12. Um, but it was just, it was just nice to um, yeah. kind of get in with the community.
1: Um,
0: it. yeah. And I started, I started, um, speaking to local, um, suppliers, local, um, like greengrocers and butchers and things about, you know, wholesale supply when we opened the bakery. um, started a little bit of kind of like cross promotion and teasing Mm -hmm. um so all of that kind of worked you know towards building up this um i don't know yeah just just kind of like building up the awareness that we were yeah we were gonna that we were gonna be opening was that like Um,
1: a a concept that people in witzable were aware like kind of like this uh naturally leavened bread. I mean, was that all new or did you have to do a lot of education or?
0: No, there wasn't, there there wasn't, there wasn't that much educating to do. I think people that know, know Um, people that don't, you know, we're, we're, we're always, we're always kind of um, (laughs) open to, to to kind of explain the benefits of. um, of
1: That might be a difference, I guess, maybe in the U S and California and like certain parts of the country here is, I think most people don't even know what sourdough bread really is and just the concept of naturally leavened bread. No.
0: And I think you really have think, to do, know, do a lot
1: of education if you're going to try to sell it to you
0: people. You do. Um, and I, and I think, and I think generally the price, the price point is normally your, your kind of um, entry into the conversation because hmm. it is more expensive. Um, and having to explain that, um, you know naturally dictates the conversation and naturally leads the conversation into its health benefits and into mm-hmm. the you know um information that you can give to someone about why it's better um so i, I think the conversation is easy to get into because mm-hmm. not m- most of the time you know English people are quite they're quite straight when it comes to price um so if they you know if somebody comes in and says oh, four four pounds you know it's like eight seven eight dollars Like what eight eight dollars for a What's was you know what's in there gold uh, (laughs) (laughs) um and then you know you can you can just start start explaining it and uh, there has there has been a little bit of that but generally i think um that we've been quite lucky that the um that, that most of the most of our customer base are quite enlightened yeah um they they know they, they they know the product. They're they're quite usually quite well travelled because it's you know a fairly affluent um, affluent um, town. Um, so in that way, we're very lucky. Um, and uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't difficult to, to get kind of get the word out. Um, we once we completed on the sale of the bakery, that's when we kind of really started you know plugging it on, on social media.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then, kind of, you know, building, you know, kind of doing the the the, 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 the renovation journey and <clears throat> and things like that. Um, and but by then, yeah, I think it was, I think, I think it was one of those one of those things that it, you know, that, that social media account spiraled and, yeah. and enough people knew about it. Um,
1: well, that's kind of like media. I think that kind of goes kind of more with the community conversation I was I was kind of trying to steer us into but yeah I mean you you're you've been on on Instagram for a while you've been kind of sharing your journey uh, through your your micro bakery days and, and into uh, your your brick and mortar now and and uh, I mean I think I you know when I first started baking you know 2013 probably, uh, you were already on there, and I remember, like, I remember some of my earliest like experiments in the kitchen was was uh, you're doing the Instagram Bread Club and like doing these mm-hmm. little challenges. We had the uh, the Hamelman Bread Book, and and you're just throwing yeah. Out, that's, like, I, t- a... I
0: took that I took that over from um...
1: yeah. I, I mean, I I learned a lot from that, and uh, a lot of different. You know, that's like kind of the first time I ever used rye in in my sourdough was was through one of those challenges, mm. and. And uh, so, you, yeah, you've kind of been uh, one of those people that have been uh, out there in the in the community. In, in, when I say community, I mean Instagram community. Kind of challenging people, educating people, just really sharing your knowledge and, and wisdom freely, and um, and really as you know well, I personally think, one of the people that kind of got me
0: into baking. It's a funny one because a lot yeah a lot of people have asked me about this, and um, and I you know there there are some some people that are very very guarded about. Um, about their kind of approaches and techniques and things like that because um, and it's normally other self-taught bakers that, um, that are very guarded because mm-hmm. they think, oh, you know, I've, 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 I've worked hard and I've done this and, and, you know, I've kind of like honed my skills um, and why should, you know, why should I tell anybody else about how I've, how I've got you know, gotten to that point? Um, and, you know, if they were honest with themselves, the reason why they've been able to get to that point is because of the peer support that they've got from other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, in complete contrast to that, I'm very grateful for kind of the online community to, you know, to have given me the information that I needed to start my business and to, Mm. to, to bake better bread. And I feel like I owe it to everybody else, you know, to kind of pass that torch along and, you know, inform other people to, to to you know to do the same, and um, you know, I think you're never gonna. You're a lot of people are guarded. Maybe maybe they think that you know that they're intimidated that you're going to sort of take their take their business or something mm. like that. But the truth is that bakeries are so they're so hyper local that you're ne- unless unless you're unless you're you know um unknowingly giving information to somebody who lives next door to you who also wants to start a bakery <laughs> yeah helping somebody's never gonna never gonna kind of directly affect you and i think that's the that's the that's the thing that you know other people don't you know don't necessarily take on board but yeah the the whole uh information thing i'm happy to help because i was given the help and you know it's just it's just it's just kind to to to, to reciprocate yeah um and yeah the hamelman the the hamelman thing um you can still
1: you can still look up the hashtag too, ig bread club and you can find some of those yeah
0: i think it's been it's been it's been diluted a little bit and now i think people just use ig bread club you know just whenever they bake a loaf of bread like Uh ig bread club (laughs) um but you know it used to it was it was once associated with um you know the hamelman book and kind of going through the recipes and baking them to kind of further your learning um i still think it's the best book um like the first bit of advice i was get i i started buying lots of you know different bakery books you know you've got got the tartine book and mm-hmm. um like Reinhardt and you know all these all these other ones and uh, uh forkish um and i had all these books and uh, my, a friend of mine came over and he said, "And he said, sell all of those and buy more flour, and just keep and Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, that that was that the was. first book I. That was the first bread book I bought because of the, of the Instagram Bread Club and yeah. and you and was it Claire Jackson was the yeah Claire, yeah
0: Claire yeah. Jackson yeah bread Kiln, yeah yeah and, um uh, and she was and she was she's she's a real she she was a real kind of a, um you know like. Hamelman um, supporter as well and it's, it is a great book I mean I think a lot of people look at it now and think it's a bit dated because like um, the whole kind of hydration conversation has as uh, uh-huh. um, evolved and you know people are striving for for wetter breads and all of that um, but I think the base knowledge totally. um, in the Hamelman books is, is so solid um, the you know the science and the and, and, and the research that you know, went into um, that book and, you and know, they're very life, approachable
1: too. and like easy to read recipes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So. I think it's, it's a pretty, it's brilliant. And, you know, I always, whenever I read it, I come away with, with something, uh, with something new, with a new yeah. piece of information. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have to read between the lines with a lot of it. Um, because a lot of the information is just kind of like thrown in randomly. Um, but, you know, it is. It is all there, and um, you know, you can make perfectly good bread from it. Even if you just take the information from it and, and then adapt it to a more modern, more modern way of uh, way of doing things. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's ever been another book like it. Really, um, I think it's great. I think it's the best.
1: Hi, it's me, Mike, again. Here's a quick reminder to go check out the podcast website shop where you can find two great ways to support the show, the Sourdough Podcast t-shirt and the Sourdough Podcast UFO Lom by our friend Tyler at Wiremonkey Shop. Now you can listen to and support your favorite sourdough-themed podcast, all while looking quite sharp in your mauve, sunset, or Colombian blue colored super soft Bella canvas tee. Not cool enough, you say? Well, how about adding a handcrafted walnut lamb emblazoned with the Sourdough Podcast logo to your quiver? This season, all my guests will receive this one-of-a-kind limited edition lamb. And now you too can score your perfect loaf like the pros. A portion of all proceeds goes right back into the production of the podcast so you can look good and feel good at the same time knowing your support is helping inspire our sourdough community. Not your style? Maybe you have a sourdough fanatic in your family. Talk about the perfect Valentine's Day present. That's right, folks. It's just around the corner. So head on over to the podcast website shop. Your support makes all the difference. Now back to the show. So hey, I'm seeing I'm seeing the sun rise, getting brighter in, in your room there, and uh, we're is, definitely yeah. getting getting along in our in our time. I think I've already gone over time that, that I promised you, but no, I, I so. wanted to, I wanted to ask you real quick, um, you know, talk, speaking about our, our community here, Instagram and, and uh, kind of that community you've been part of uh, building. Mm-hmm. It was the last, you know, 10 years, eight years now. Um, I think, one of my questions was um, from Polska was, um She asked, how did your friendship with Vanessa Kimball start? And was she a, a mentor or teacher? Or what was your
0: relationship? She, she, wanted, to she <laughs> wanted to buy a Rothko. Do you want to buy a Rothko? She wanted to buy a Rothko, yeah. So um, basically, there's one com- there's a company in uh, in, in England that, uh, that they're, they're a big kind of bakery supply company, uh, Brook Foods. Uh, and they have exclusivity of um, selling wascows um, in the u k you can uh, Belgium's not far away a lot of people that I know have kind of driven to Belgium and just bought one direct from the um from the uh from the warehouse and come back but they're the you know they're the easy way to do it anyway so she so they uh, so i bought my oven from them uh, they had no awareness of me apart from you know the fact that I bought an oven from them um and she uh I can't remember. I don't I don't even know why she would have. I th- oh that's it. Right. So I so I bought the Rothko and then I and then I started a Rothko Twitter uh Twitter page Twitter page. Um fighting from what it's called now because I don't use it anymore. <laughs> I'm just looking <laughs> um what's it called? So I started a Rothko Rothco Twitter account called Rothko Owners UK. And it was just a way, it was just a place for you know for, for people to be able to ask questions about how to use yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um you know, like a buying and selling page. So if anyone's like selling okay. their Rothko or wants to buy one, we were kind of using it as a yes. um, as a as a tool. Um and Brook Foods um, became aware of me through that, um, through that. Um and then Vanessa. Um, she wanted. Um, she when when she was when she was um, renovating um, and opening her bakery school, um, she she was looking at something, um, you know, for the for, for her for her school, um, and I think she rung Brook Foods up, and they said, "Oh, this is the this is the oven." Um, she wasn't sh- too sure about it. Um, so they said, "Oh well, you know, why don't you get in touch with Adam? He's he oh, uses wow. one, and he runs the uh, he runs this like Rosco Twitter page, and um, you know, it might be worth kind of chatting to him about, you know, how to use it and stuff like that." So um, she rung me. I think they go for my phone number. <laughs> <there>. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, she rung me up, and uh, and 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 uh, we basically just arranged to meet. Um, so she in the middle of summer like drove drove from her home to mine she lives about two and a half three hours away um with dough um in a in, in like bowls in her car like wow. fermenting uh-huh. um and it was really hot so the, so the dough was like racing away and you know she had like <laughs> air conditioning on in her, in her car yeah. like full blast um to- try and you know to, to, to basically come in and kind of test but, but do a little test bake um and in that time we just um we just got chatting and just had a really really nice um nice conversation got on really well um what year is that that's? yeah that's um i don't know 2015 maybe okay there's a picture i've got a photo i've got a photo that kind of comes back every every year on fa- on facebook that she took of, the, of my son and he was about two. Yeah. Oh. So about four, about four years ago. Yeah. 2015. Um, yeah. So she just came to do a test bake in the oven. Um, and then I basically just became her, you know, she was just, she was just ringing me up for, for advice. And, you know, when she was baking in the oven, she was like, Oh, this isn't quite right. That's not quite <laughs> right. We were just chatting about, um, about bread. And, uh, and then she, and then she, invite, she invited me over to her house i just said look maybe it's better if i just come for the day and we just do a bake together <laughs> yeah. because you know we're kind of going back and forth and you know it's not not really um it's more of a hands on uh, yeah it's more more of, more of a hands on thing so uh, so yeah i went 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 to her house um and we spent the day together um did a bake just hung out it was really awesome. really That's nice informal awesome. um and uh yeah I think she started getting results, like, you know, kind of better results from the oven. Mm. Um, and we were just, yeah, we were just kind of like shooting ideas off of each other and stuff. And, uh, and then when she was, um, you know, she'd been given the, um, like the publishing deal to, to release her book. Yeah. Um,
1: you were involved with that too.
0: She asked me to, she asked me to be involved with it and I styled it. Um, so I basically baked all of the recipes from the, from the book, um, so all of the all of the recipes in the all of the photos of the of the, of the, uh, of, the um, of the breads that were in the book are all baked by me. Um, we spent I think I was there I was there for like three days at a time, once a month for about half a year. Um, because it was it was quite like there, there was quite a lot of kind of like seasonal um, influence in the book. So a lot of the, the the breads and the inclusions that were in the breads um, were kind of done by seasons, um, or I think that was the original one of the original concepts for the book. Um, so yeah, it was basically just going there, um, baking um, for for three days um, while the, while everything was being photographed and shot.
1: Yeah, um, I remember that. It seemed
0: and, like a lot of fun. Yeah, and at the same time it um you you're you're testing the recipes. So um I think she was sending some of the recipes out to to, to her online students um and getting feedback on whether they were working or not. Mm-hmm. Um but also um you know me me being there to to to, to test the uh, to test the recipes as well and kind of making adjustments for the book so that they all worked um was part of the was was part of the job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a great experience. Um, it was very, very bizarre. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was just, through, it was just through, just through Brooke foods that, um, that, that happened. Um, and she, she had a when, 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 she, when she met me, um, and we'd been kind of, you know, chatting about um, things and, uh, we kind of got to know each other. She just said, well, you know, Brooke should be Brooke should be giving you a commission for like all of the <laughs> Rothko's you've probably sold in, in your life. So I think she spoke, yeah. to, she spoke to them and just said like, you know, this guy is like selling so many Rothko's for you. You need to do something.
1: I mean, to, and, uh, and across You're the like, pond work. too, over here.
0: Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, so they contacted me and said, Oh, would you like to do um, some, some sort of demo days or some sort of classes with us? Yeah. Um, and within a, within, a, within like six months of meeting Vanessa, they had they had kind of like put me in their diary to to go to their they've got a big test bakery in their in their warehouse um, where you can just go and test out different equipment. Um, and uh, yeah they they basically paid me to come and um, to demonstrate the oven. So for anyone that was potentially looking at buying the the Rothko, um they could come, I think they pay but you pay like sixty pounds to um to come in there, to come to the test bakery um and spend the day um and just talk about uh, talk about the oven and uh you know see how it works i was I invited people to um to bring their own doughs to, to test bake in the ovens as well and it was just like a day like a little workshop day of um you know talking about setting up micro bakeries wow. how to use the oven um and I've been doing that for. I haven't done it. I haven't done it since we've moved here. But I've been doing that for for, for quite a few years. Hmm. That's interesting
1: because um, we only yeah. have, I think, here in the U.S. I mean, the whole continental U.S. I think I have one uh, distributor as well, uh, Pleasant Hill mm-hmm. Grain in. I want to say Minnesota, which is like thousands of miles away from me. So yeah. it's like, yeah, similar situation we get one product that's kind of like the, you know, the, uh, home bakers tool of choice that, you know,
0: yeah. I mean, there's, limited there really supply
1: and, you know.
0: there's nothing, there's nothing else like it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing else like it. I think there's, there's one oven, like a, like a German, like stone half, like domestic oven, um, that I was also looking at at the time, but it was really, really expensive and you could only bake like one or two loaves in it and i think it was just uh you know uh, more of a like domestic tool and this was the only thing that kind of fit a bill to be able to produce more than you know your average oven mm-hmm. uh, yeah so vanessa's been a been a, a real really like lovely experience kind of getting to know her yeah, and um,
1: another another person. I you know there seems to be a, a Campbell's dough knife in, in every sourdough baker's hand these days. Uh, you guys yeah, have been yeah. been uh, pretty close for a while. What's uh, how did well, you guys? I, tested, I, connect? I,
0: I I I I product tested his first dough knife. I've still got it. I think it's still the best one. Um, <laughs> um yeah, he just he we we just got chatting, and uh, he was he's just a really keen baker um actually really talented i think he kind of um he
1: downplays that i think
0: he's a lot better than he's obviously a great like metal fabricator but you
1: you get the sense of like oh yeah he knows what he's doing with
0: oh yeah 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 yeah, definitely um i think he's just got a very methodical mind he's um he's, he's he's like an electrical engineer so as well so i think he, he kind of he's, you know very very good at um kind of like math you know maths and
2: mm-hmm.
0: um just being able to solve problems in his head so um i think bread baking he approaches with uh, with a similar mind um and yeah works for him really well i think he's great um but yeah he um he, we we chatted and you know i was troubleshooting with him a lot um, when he first started uh, like baking and kind of like entered onto the um like you know into the community um and i think it's been (laughs) it's quite a weird one because his because his uh his uh his his instagram handle um makes him look like a bot account (laughs) because he's got the because he's got the the numbers at the end of yeah yeah. (laughs) so you don't really know you like at first you're like who the fuck is this guy like i don't don't really know (laughs) Like, who are like who are you? I don't even know if you're real, yeah um, but you know we kind of back, backed and forced loads, um, and then he said, "Oh, you know, you're bending down quite a lot when you're lo- like loading and unloading your ovens. I can build you a stand yeah, for, yeah. He, I've seen this. So, he, so so he, so he, so I, I had the um, the prototype stand um for the for the for the rough go. Mm-hmm. then he made another one with like a little drawer at the bottom so that you could place your board onto this, like, um, you know, retractable drawer just under the oven.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he made me, you know, confectionery racks and various like racking and, and, and things like that. Um, and then he, he just said, Oh, I've been kind of working on this, working on this uh, bench scraper. And there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of, um, like fun and jokes, um, online at the time uh, about um I, I don't know if you know who paul hollywood is yeah, um, yeah. he's like, a, he's like a, a a baker in in england he's a bit of a laughing stock um and uh, he he released his own sort of like bench knife okay um, <laughs> a few a, a few years ago um and you know it was sold through like tj Maxx and um and lots of like places like that. Um and you only had to kind of like lightly sand away the um the logo that had been kind of printed onto the to the wooden handle for it to just be kind of completely nameless and for you know uh-huh. for it to be a perfect yeah, yeah, nice yeah. like. I don't um but there was just a lot of like jokes from different bakers saying, Oh, we bought this Paul Hollywood bench knife and
2: oh, <laughs>
0: everyone man. loved it, even though they kind of felt like they shouldn't have. Uh-huh. um anyway so he just so so, so he he said oh I've, I've I've been working on this been working on this bench knife like a non-stick one um and i said okay that sounds good i mean you know it is annoying having a sticky bench knife. and <laughs> um, so when he was delivering one of his like one of the things that i had ordered from him um he bought this scraper this bench scraper to me um and i tested it out it was really nice to use um and then he bought me a couple more um you know he'd been getting feedback from different people um, and uh yeah just ended up with the one that he makes now yeah um,
1: got a couple and, in uh, my yeah. kitchen in california he send yeah. them all over the world
0: now yeah they're great really great but um he's just been he's just been an invaluable like you know source um because he's worked in, he's worked in the in the industry for so long that he knows knows what you need before you do um mm. in terms of in terms of kind of fabrication equipment um so yeah i think i think the bakery the bakery space would have been like way less um you know user-friendly if it hadn't been for his advice and like the types of uh, types of things to get yeah.
1: well it sounds like you got like a, a great you've you've kind of created this great online community and you've kind of got this like great physical like real person community down out there in england and uh just got some great people around you got beautiful family who's joined us on the call who's this yeah this is orla hi orla how are you it's like who's daddy okay. talking to <laughs> <laughs> um well you know i've already gone way over uh this is probably my longest okay. podcast ever but w- one last question i think i think this is one most people want to know Um, you know, if you can give maybe if you can go back and tell yourself maybe one bit of advice, uh, when you were starting out your sourdough baking, this is from travel, Dan 87. Uh, what might that be in other advice for, for, uh, bakers, home bakers trying to maybe take the next step?
0: I think, I think the most important thing as what we touched on at the beginning is to, is to choose your, choose your work carefully and to, um, and to, to kind of like map out boundaries from, 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 from very, very early on me stripping back all of my kind of like hours and days and things like that was very, very important for kind of like family work-life, you know, work-life balance. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's such a, it's still such a, um, like a new industry that you're never going to, even, even with, with like, you know, lots of, you can have lots of fear about starting the business, but, mm. um, but it really is a case of, at the moment, of you know, like bake it, and they will come. Um, so I think that, I think the most important thing is to just set yourself days that you want to work, um, and set yourself quantities that you want to make, and try to try to stick to try try to stick to that, and just just know that you know it's going to be okay, and that you you will yeah. get you, you know you will you will get the work without having to kind of say yes to to absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. Um I think yeah, it really just is the kiss of death that you know agreeing to agreeing to absolutely um every everything um just makes you work work too hard. And I think yeah, doing that makes you work smarter, not harder. Um and when customers when potential customers ask you um to supply them, don't ever don't ever ask them what you can do for them. Always (laughs) tell them what you can do. Okay. Um, because if you, because if you say, oh, I can do anything you want, then they'll say, okay, fine. Do this, 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 and this. And then, uh-huh. you, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh God, here we go. Um, whereas if you say, if you approach every conversation saying, these are the days I bake, this is my product list,
2: mm-hmm.
0: please. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then, then you start the relationship off, um, with you in the, in, in the driver's seat, not them.
1: Healthy boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Like any other relationship, I guess. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, that's that's some great advice, Adam. Um, well, I, I want to let you go, but before we do, what's some ways people can connect with you? How can they find your bread? Uh, where do they where do they find you um, online?
0: Um, well, so I've so I've got so my my regular um, kind of like personal um, Instagram account season underscore Adam um and then the bakery um instagram account uh grain and half um i'm always always happy to help i'm not not as not as quick to answer questions as i was um before but you know i do aim to do aim to help i, I do I try, I try to do q and a's um as often as i can on on instagram as well um we kind of use them as a as a as a um as a promotional tool now, so on the mm-hmm. days that we're, the bakery is closed, because we want to kind of keep the, the social media feed going, that's when I, thats when we kind of do like little question, you know, Q and A sessions and things mm-hmm. like that, just to keep like the stories active and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, if you're ever in ever in uh, in London, um, we're only only like a, an hour's train away, um, a train journey away from away from London. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got some online courses on yeah our, on you guys
1: our website, doing um is it all online or you guys do physical like uh oh, no, they' physical
0: courses they're just available on, they're just they're just uh, okay. they're, they're just available to, to buy online um cool. so we're so we're doing we're doing an introduction to sourdough course um once once a month um I've started doing uh um courses as well, so like hand laminating courses um there's only i think there's only one up one available on the website at the moment but we're going to add more throughout the year um, we do little pizza workshops um in the evenings like a you know bring your own bottle um make some pizza hang out, hang out and you know drink a bit of wine um yeah so there'll be more of that more of that this year i think um awesome. kind of like teaching and yeah
1: well, I hope someday to to have the the opportunity to make it out there and meet you in person sure. and eat some of your bread and um but uh yeah, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast, Adam. And no problem. And uh good to have you on the show.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you so much.
1: All right, well have a great day and uh say hi to your family for me and and yeah. uh good it's night. been great. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Adam. See ya. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find out more about the podcast or hear previous episodes, go to sourdoughpodcast.com And while you're there, send me your sourdough questions. I'll try to pick one or two questions per episode and submit them to our guest on air. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. And be sure to share your best loves with hashtag sourdoughpodcast, and I'll repost my favorites. We need your support, so if you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. See you next time.
3: Babe, what's getting to ya? No need to be afraid. Yeah, we got bills a pile up. It ain't no big thing. Hey girl, what's the matter? Don't look at me that way I just want for you to say that it'll be okay The closer I get to you When you feel this way Reminds me my mind in your